Voters in Russia decide this weekend whether their former president, Vladimir Putin, becomes president once again. The answer is likely yes, despite massive anti-Putin protests in Russian cities. There's a surreal quality to the Russian elections. That's not too surprising, given the country's past. Soviet life was surreal, too. And for those living behind the Iron Curtain, the Soviet system inspired jokes, not just a few of them, but tens of thousands of them. One Russian anthropologist even argues that Soviet jokes and political humor helped bury the communist system. Bridget McCarthy has our story. 21 years ago, Soviet citizens were the victims of a giant hoax. I was watching my life in St. Petersburg. It was on May 17, 1991. Alexei Yurchuk had settled in to watch one of his favorite TV shows called The Fifth Wheel. It was a very popular program for several years. It had a huge audience, and they did weekly an investigatory story into Soviet history. Sort of like a Soviet version of 60 Minutes. Surrounded by mountains of books and papers, the host of the program introduced his guest, a handsome young entertainer named Sergei Kuryokin. And he set up the program by saying that it will be an investigation into the history of the Bolshevik Revolution and that he has some new facts about that history which remain unknown to this day. It had to do with mushrooms. Lenin and the other Bolshevik leaders really liked mushrooms. Not just ordinary mushrooms, the hallucinogenic kind. So basically his point was that they ate so many mushrooms that the mushrooms started affecting their personality and they started seeing pictures of big historical events. And when you eat very powerful hallucinogenic mushrooms, he claimed, which is completely fake, they have a power to replace your personality completely and you become a mushroom. And then he said, in short, I want to say that Lenin was a mushroom. For the next hour, Kuryokin presented historic photographs and other documentary evidence to make his case. Neither he nor the program's host ever let on that it was a joke. So people didn't know what to make of it, and many people believed it. Even the station's managers didn't know it was a prank. Alexei Yurchuk says this show is still being talked about in Russia. It was also a political watershed. It was really the last indication that the Soviet Union was imploding, that the whole ideological system and the system of truth of communism had no foundation behind it. Because a little-known actor had reduced Lenin, the Soviet deity, to a joke. Not in the kitchen, but on state television. Alexei Yurchuk is now a professor of anthropology at UC Berkeley and the award-winning author of Everything Was Forever Until It Was No More, The Last Soviet Generation. He illustrates the way humor helped erode the communist system. The Lenin mushroom hoax was an example of a whole genre of irony which developed in the late Soviet period, in the 70s and 80s. We call that genre stub. It's directed at some person, at some statement, but it imitates it. Yurchuk says it's a lot like Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart's brand of humor. Another type of humor that was even more prevalent during the Brezhnev era was Soviet jokes or anecdoti. A man on Red Square shouts, Brezhnev is an idiot! He gets sentenced to 15 years, five years for insulting the Soviet leader and 10 years for betraying a state secret. You couldn't go through life uh, on a daily basis without hearing constant jokes everywhere. Brezhnev rehearses his speech for the opening ceremony of the Moscow Olympic Games in 1980. Oh, 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 oh. 
his assistant. Comrade Brezhnev, these are the Olympic circles. You don't have to read them. Yurchak says people would gather in the hallways at work, during cigarette breaks at the university, even on the playground, and start telling jokes. We even had this slang expression, travit in Russian, which means to reel out. So people would just take turns one after the other telling those jokes, and it could take an hour. And that ritual was really pleasant, and everyone loved it. Armenian radio jokes were a perennial favorite. Armenian radio was asked, what shall we do if suddenly we feel a desire to work? Armenian radio answered, just to rest for a while on a sofa. It will pass. Armenian radio was asked, why is our government not in a hurry to land men on the moon? Armenian radio answered, what if they refuse to return? There were even jokes about Chernobyl. A grandson asks his grandfather, Grandpa, is it true that in 1986 there was an accident at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant? Yes, there was, answered the grandpa and patted the grandson's head. Grandpa, is it true that it had absolutely no consequences? Yes, absolutely, answered the grandpa and patted the grandson's second head. I've been collecting stories that are told in the Soviet Union by their people among themselves, which reveal they've got a great sense of humor, but they've also got a pretty cynical attitude toward their system. Ronald Reagan was also a big fan of Soviet jokes. A member of his staff collected some 15,000 of them, which the president used to spice up his speeches. Three dogs, an American dog and a Polish dog and a Russian dog, they were all having a visit, and the American dog was telling them about how things were in this country. He, he said, you know, you bark, and you have to, you bark long enough, and then somebody comes along and gives you some meat. And the Polish dog said, what's meat? <laughs> the Russian dog says, what's bark? <laughs> It's very easy to make a claim that these jokes really show that people are resisting the party. And it's very triumphal, this point of view. But Alexei Yurchuk says jokes weren't just a form of political dissent. Soviet citizens were also laughing at themselves because everyone had to participate in the system, whether they believed in it or not. During the Brezhnev period, life became really quite absurd in many ways. And people were involved in that. They were involved in reproducing that absurdity in some way and making it meaningful, making it livable. So the jokes were a way of dealing with it. Still, he says, Soviet anecdote unwittingly set the stage for the collapse of the Soviet Union. They really emptied out the system from inside They didn't do it by resisting it directly. But by constantly drawing attention to the huge, and sometimes hilarious, disconnect between the official rhetoric and reality. Armenian radio was asked, When the final phase of socialism, namely communism, is built, will there still be thefts and pilfering? Armenian radio answered, No, because everything will be already pilfered during socialism. Soviet anecdote disappeared when the Soviet Union did. But guess what? Russians have rediscovered the power of humor. Citizens in several cities recently got around the Kremlin's ban on unsanctioned public gatherings by staging toy protests with Legos and teddy bears holding tiny signs like, I'm for clean elections. Authorities responded by banning this form of protest, saying, toys are not citizens of Russia. For The World, I'm Bridget McCarthy. The chairman of the election commission comes to Putin after the election. I have good news and bad news. Which do you want to hear first? Putin says, give me the bad news. Zuganov, the Communist Party candidate, got 75% of the votes. Holy crap, cried Putin. What's the good news? 
You got 76. Chokes about Putin and allegations of vote rigging have spilled out onto the streets. You can see them on protest signs. We've got a selection at theworld.org. And while you're there, you can hear a podcast interview with Ben Lewis, who's the author of A History of Communist-Era Jokes. It's called Hammer and Tickle. It's at theworld.org.